Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge Podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing, and I am especially delighted that my guest today is Glenn Edley, CEO of Spike. And Glenn and I are talking clear across the Pacific because Glenn is in New Zealand. Hi, Glenn. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What time is it there? It's uh, 8.06 a.m. 8.06 a.m. You're my first time for the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to forewarn, uh, especially if you're listening and not watching this on video, uh, I've had the pleasure of multiple conversations with with Glenn before. We've gotten acquainted over the, over the past year. So uh, if we do shorthand and reference stuff and you don't know where it's coming from it's because we've had a chance to talk before and he was one of the one of the first people i thought to have on um as a guest so this is fun he's also got the most interesting office background and it's not virtual if someone's just listening what would they tell them what they'd be seeing behind you glenn (laughs) well they'd be seeing my workshop so they'd be seeing my uh my classic racing car my peugeot and and, uh, and whatever other project I've got on at the time seems to fill in the background. So I, it, it, uh, it makes sure that I keep it uh, as tidy. It's probably one of the tidiest workshops around, I've been told. But um, it just has to be, right? Because, yeah, I, when I'm on a Zoom call, it needs to look good. And it just means that I, um, yeah, I just make sure it's tidy. I finish things. Hey. Uh, yeah. And it'll be fun because it's uh, – you know, sometimes this car hasn't sat, hasn't moved for a while, and so people uh, dig have a dig at me about that. It's like, well, what project are you on next, Glenn? <laughs> it's also good if you're on video. It's also quite good advertising for my business because it's you know it's written right down the side of it. Right. The, in, 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 so he's actually in a garofis, right? Like this is this is garage office with it, as you said, a Peugeot behind you. The first time we talked. I believe was pre-pandemic and yeah. then like the second or third time we talked, I'm like, whoa, different setting. And you had moved, picked up, carted and moved, even though, you know, you're in a country that's actually dealt with this so phenomenally well. Well, you know, for 20 years, people had said to me, uh, and it has been 20 years, uh, said to me like, oh, you can do this from anywhere, can't you? And I'm like, oh, I don't really think so. People like to meet me in person, like yeah. all that stuff, all right? Stuff. And I know you've been, you know, doing this virtually for forever, so uh, or for fifteen years. And so I, um, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, COVID, I up sticks and uh, moved everyone home, and um, we we won't be going back to an office. I, yeah. I think um, it, it was basically just ripping the plaster off, and I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I still go and meet people, you know, sure. if they want. But yeah. um, but on my own terms, and uh, we're getting fiber out here soon, so even better. Oh, even <laughs> even better. Well, so just for orientation, and we'll we'll come back to it multiple times as we talk, I'm sure. But can you fill in the the elevator version of of Spike? Okay, so Spike um, has been around for 
20 years. So, so well, Spike has been around since August 2004. Uh, I, I've been email marketing since um, 2001. And so um, Spike is a managed email marketing agency. We're a done-for-you agency. Right. Um, in New Zealand, I think we're the only one. There might be some oh, smaller wow. ones. But, um, you know, we've been concentrating on big box retail for the last 10 or so years. Um, that that finished as people started to move into other other areas of digital that they felt were more important, and, uh, <laughs> which we can talk about because it's just not. And, uh, and and anyway, so so I've gone back to my first love, which is I, I like to talk about this, which is small business and and getting their customer databases together and just helping them communicate with their customers. Now, I, I feel that email marketing or email is still the best channel to do that. It's private. It's direct. It's one to one. If you think about it as one to one. Um, you can really elevate your communication. So it comes down to I really love communicating with uh, my customers and helping people sell stuff. And when I saw this, here was in 2001, here was a way where one person could communicate with hundreds, if not thousands of people and carry on with their day-to-day stuff. And at, at the time I got into real estate, it was my first foray. Yeah. I had a real estate lady named uh, Jill McClatchy uh, Harvey's Titterang signed up as my first client in 2004. And um, yeah, the, the agents could list and sell, which is what they should do. And then right. and then we could keep in contact, you know, regularly. And what the thing is, is that the agents that I worked with back then, they're still like top agents today. Oh, wow. Like I, I still know them. Like one of them sold, sold us this house. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so most marketing work. works. Yeah. Email marketing works. Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely does. Uh, one of the things that I know about uh, about you and about Spike is that you've got um, a considerable amount of expertise on Mailchimp. Like I think recently, Mailchimp certified partner, correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I worked out that I actually made a bit of a mistake, Matthew, because I didn't realize that I should have been. Like, it didn't even cross my mind that I should have been connecting accounts. So, 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 uh, <laughs> to be up number one near number one in the experts directory, there you have to have a lot of connected accounts, and yeah. uh, I hadn't done that. And so, um, but anyway, I'm working on that, and I think that um, Mailchimp um, have given me a lot of opportunity yeah. um, to learn even more about email marketing. But also, they listen. Like I would say, they're one of the only. Uh, platforms, the only platform that I work with who mm-hmm. actively listen to their partners and um, nice. Nice. and are doing something about it. And, nice. and it's it's really great. It means that, you know, I, I suppose I'm evangelizing it to a point, but I just feel like in the last few years, and it's only the last few years, maybe three years, like they've really really taken off like that like like ben and dan you know the founders mm-hmm. have really started just pouring on the gas to mailchimp as a platform and yeah. it's just getting better and better so you know uh, what what i talk about matthew with mailchimp is the the runway before you have to leave mm-hmm. and they just keep extending that runway <laughs> right right you know 
Yeah, yeah. It used to be short. It used to be like we'd have to bang you out of there pretty quickly yeah. and move you on to something else. Like, oh, yeah, I've got my own system that I work with some guys called Green Arrow, mm-hmm. um, based in the States. Been working with them for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. like 13 odd years or so. And so, but like, um, yeah, that runway is just getting longer and longer and longer. And um, yeah, for the businesses that I want to focus on and work with, MailChimp, like, I don't think you have to move, you know. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I, I would, I would agree with you about the, the runway going on. I don't have nearly your depth of expertise in Mailchimp, but I have used the platform off and on for well, well over a decade. Yeah, um, and I have to say one of the things about Mailchimp, they're they're a real innovator in UI, and that seems like a little thing to talk about, but that's a very that's a very big deal. It's not easy to make things easy. No. Look, do you know what? It's the interesting thing. Like, I actually wrote an article in 2015, which I found actually lambasting. I, I was giving them grief, actually. <laughs> to me, uh, they'd commoditized email marketing and they'd basically put these tools, uh, these weapons of, of, of mass email marketing, into um, into these hands that they hadn't provided the training of how to actually use these tools. Yeah. And so basically uh, a lot of SMEs globally were spamming. Like SMEs are still some of the worst spammers in, in the world. They just don't get it, right? They just like export out their list. So all, you know, like MailChimp actually are making that harder um, for you to do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been an interesting process because you know that's a very short time for them to totally turn everything around mm-hmm. and realize that um their partners uh, who actually sign people up and and um and start promoting that you should work with an expert even if it's just on setup you know like if we can design and build a template for you that you can drag and drop um if we can put like the the key is a marketing calendar like no one has marketing calendars. Even some of the biggest companies we work with, some of them haven't really got a nailed down marketing calendar that they're working to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we help people with that. Um, nice. And the other thing is writing content, which I'll just touch on. Is I I came up with this idea. I don't I don't know if it's new, but I call it the power of the BCC. So when I see companies especially a lot of accounting companies because I've been looking at them lately and they've all signed up for like Biz Inc and these different uh, businesses building their websites for them. Mm-hmm. And they've all signed up and some of them even have MailChimp. Uh, I can see that their websites are using MailChimp, but they don't have a newsletter sign up, which is okay. just, you know, <laughs> and it's just such a missed opportunity. But yeah, it, it's... um. So the power of the BCC means that you can have your own unique content in a very uh, in a very easy way. And basically what you do is you take the questions that you answer every day in your business, especially if you're um, a service business. And right. yes, you can use those as your FAQs. Some of them you will. Yeah. But actually, you can be what I what I talk about is is just have a, an email address, maybe newsletter at yourdomain.com. Mm-hmm. And you just BCC it. And then once a month, a week out before your email is meant to be sent, mm-hmm. you log in there and you have a look. Look, we do it for accountants and it means that they are sending really unique content every month. It's easy for them to do. 
They don't even have to think about it. We just like choose some articles, put them into the newsletter. Yeah. Because we have a marketing planner. So we can like, you know, plan. And then we just, they sign it off. We build the emails, test them, done. Like it, it doesn't take long. We can keep the costs down. But the power of the BCC is just such an easy way to answer that question, ah, what are we going to send this month? Now, I, I find that I find it particularly intriguing. And let me, this is a roundabout way to get back to back to it. But I want to I want to do a roundabout way to get back to it for for reason. Um, in parts in a previous life, I started doing a lot of voiceover. So I started having to spend the time with you know mics and recording gear and stuff like that, listening to myself. And I started getting really fascinated with the difference, the, the differences between uh, how we speak and how we write. And here's the BCC angle to that. I would bet that your accounting clients find that that BCC stuff is, you know, it's their voice, it's their perspective, it's their style. And I bet they end up going, wow, that was a lot less work than if I'd sat down to write it. Yes. Well, I don't even have to do that, Matthew, because yeah. they've already written it. It's already there. They've already written it. But but the conscious, you know, I have always said email is conversation or frozen speech. Right? It's very it's a very conversational media. And when yeah. you say, I'm going to bang off a quick note to Glenn about, you know, next week's podcast, I don't go into vapor lock as if I were writing an article or or something like that. Like, oh, it's got to be, it's, you just bang it off and go hit send and and there you go. And and it's often much more authentic and and much less sort of uh stylistically bound up than than stuff that you sit down to officially write. Do you agree? I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> and like I just did a um a review of like nine hundred, it was about a thousand accountants in New Zealand. Wow. And uh we went through all of their <laughs> websites and 38 of them had a newsletter. Like that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it, right? 38 wow. had a newsletter. And several of them were the same website. So this is what I was talking about. Same website. Like I, I was like, when I was going through, I was like, oh, if I come to the 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 Dude. same website, oh, oh no, the logo is different. The colors are a bit different. But, but the everything's the same. Too. Yeah. yeah, everything. Even the newsletter was the same. And look, I understand that. Like if yeah. if you want to, like, in fact, just the idea of being consistent. Mm-hmm. And But the fact is you can be consistent. Maybe it costs you a little bit more money, mm-hmm. but you'll be sending unique, useful and relevant information in your voice yeah. to your clients, right? Yeah. Or to people who potentially want to be your clients. So to have like, 950 odd or whatever it is um somewhere up around who didn't even have a newsletter sign up form yeah. on their website i was like are you too busy yeah like yeah like because so accountants is really on my mind right now because um it's even up on my on my board in front of me my goal for that but <laughs> but but i just feel like they are this trusted voice mm-hmm uh trusted partner even and they're not um yeah they're not looking forward and, and hey look they are actually trained to look backwards and um and so you know looking forwards to uh, oblivion 
which in some ways, like I know we're on accountants right now, but the fact is they need to reinvent themselves because, um, you know, zero, zero basically takes the place pretty much, you know. Anyway, I think, but any business, any service business, I mean, I love e-commerce. I love selling stuff. I've been doing that for a long time, uh, well, the whole time, because, um, yeah, I like selling stuff. I like sales. I like writing copy. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, you know, if there's one thing that people take out of this uh, interview today is that subject lines are the key to getting your email opened. Hmm. And, and the thing about that is, is that you've got to remember that the from is trusted yeah. and then the because you signed up for it. Right. And then uh, so you trust them to send you an email. But that subject line is going to pique that curiosity. And this is where people need to spend time learning about copy, learning about uh, what's going to get someone to open that email, yeah. using that pre-header. Don't, don't just bury like view online in there. I, I, I mean, I'm going into the weeds a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm very passionate about the top of an email. Yeah. And, and I know when someone is just using some standard template because it says view this email online. And yeah. it's like, it's 2021. No one's doing that. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all on our phones. 60% of emails are opened on your phone first, right? Nice. So, you know, I, I remember, do you know what I remember? 2007. I still have my iPhone 3 and uh, in a box. But I remember I used to talk about email being um, like, so the letter was at your letterbox, right? So the postman got to there. Yeah. And then an email got to the screen. So it was like, you know, 18 inches away. And then 2007 mobile, like your brand and your message is literally in the palm of your customer's hands. Yeah. And with them seven by 24 to boot. Exactly. Yeah. I realized we just, we just did one of those shorthand things that I thought we might do because we talked before. Glenn mentioned zero. Um, and if, especially if you're listening, that's xero.com. <laughs> and what Glenn and I talked about, Zero is that New Zealand company. It's yep. a fantastic, amazing cloud-based accounting system. I, I had happened, I had looked at it uh, years earlier and my accountant was like, no, go, don't make me leave QuickBooks. And I'm like, please, I hate QuickBooks. And I'm not knocking into it. One of my favorite companies, but QuickBooks and I are not friends. And But Zero has taken a whole bunch of that stuff and automated and made it a process. And I, and I think where you're talking about accountants need to think about the future and change. Like the more the rules get cooked into the software, the more your advice, understanding, perspective, ability to think in the future for my business will matter to you being viable as an accountant. Fair statement. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a fair statement. And why I chose zero is that they have a MailChimp integration, right? <laughs> there you go. So why aren't accountants helping their um, customers yeah. who have all of their their customers in their zero accounting system, why aren't they using like advising them on how to grow their business? And this is where I think accountants are missing a trick because they are that trusted voice. Yeah. If you're a zero partner, like we're looking into the integration. It doesn't have um, amazing reviews right now. So um, we need to find out a bit more about it, but we know it works, yeah. but, um, which is enough. 
But the thing is, is that at least zero has thought about that. And then it's like telling the accountants that, hey, you could actually be helping your um, your clients, you know, your customers' businesses grow. And look, isn't that what we're all about? Yeah. If like, even you and I, like, let's think about, um, you know, what we're doing with our different businesses. At the end of the day, we're helping our our clients stay in business because yeah. I, I have a mantra that says the longer I stay in business, the longer I stay in business. And, <laughs> and I find that to be true. Like yeah. yeah. You know? And so, um, you know, it's been an interesting uh, year or so um, yeah. with what's going on um, an interesting year, but a year to be able to sit back and have a think about, you know, the future of business for some of my clients mm-hmm. Um the future of business for me and communication via email, which is my chosen channel. And I, like I said at the beginning, I still think it's the best channel because it's one-to-one. Um, it's private. It's direct. It's in your hand. Um, too many people forget that there's a person on the end of that. Right. And so they just tick in the box. Like, Oh, I need to get a newsletter out. Oh, and then they just tick the box. Oh yeah. Got that out. They had a marketing planner. Yeah, put some thought into it, looked forward, um, you know, it'd be a lot easier. Like, I mean, we have clients, you know, I'm, I'm going to write an article soon about uh, how to send uh, 45 emails a month without annoying your customers. And uh, because we've done it before, yeah, you know, and, and we did it by segmentation and by having, and by having uh, rules, business rules that someone couldn't receive more than say three or four emails a week. Because you know you could burn them out, um, but yeah, it, it's been, it's it's an interesting process where I think like it just not enough thought is given to the medium, and um, you know like as Mr. McLuhan said, you know the the medium is the message. But um, <laughs> it's a digression. That's just a it's just a book I've got on the uh, yeah. That's funny. I was I had a. A quick exchange with uh, with uh, Della Quist from uh, Alchemy Works. He he did a he threw a McLuhan quote into a back and forth email. And I'm like, I still find McLuhan a gas bag. I know he was smart, but trying to unwind his sentences is maddening. <laughs> I, I, I'm just reading a book called The Lives of the Stoics, and there was Cicero. Cicero was very verbose, mm-hmm. and then Seneca wasn't. So right. even though they were both kind of uh, very much like fame building guys, like they really wanted to be known after they'd yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, it took Seneca to unwind all of Cicero's stuff, right? And this is where like copy and that is so important. Like, uh, you know, we'll, let's go from the Greeks to modern times. Yeah. But it's so important because Seneca will be remembered for his like his um, very clear direct messaging mm-hmm. um and then cicero hard to understand right like you takes just ages and then you've really got to dive into it and look i'm going to bring this to email marketing it's that when you are email marketing this is the this amazing channel where you can actually talk directly to people and like um be so clear in your thinking because you actually have time to edit it right you have time to Think about the subject line. Yeah. A B test the subject line, right? Like, where else can you do that? I mean, well, Google. But <laughs> if you're A B testing, we A B test every single subject line, right? Oh wow. Yeah. Every single one. Uh, and the reason we do that is because we're trying to maximize the opens 
yeah. from that, all the clicks, all the purchases, right? So we're testing everything. And you've just got to be so clear in your writing. And I'm amazed that I was able to tie stoicism I'm, I'm marketing duly, I, duly impressed I think that's the biggest uh, chronological leap of any of these uh, conversations only, only, only 2,000 years only 2,000 years and Sen- Seneca was uh, he was the tutor to one of the Caesars if I recall hero right. he was the, right. also a playwright Seneca oh yeah he was and um, I was reading that he he wrote this uh, tragedium that um, was basically a conversation between him and Nero, his two brothers vying to be emperor. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear at the time, apparently, that that's what it was. Um, so anyways, you know, Nero got annoyed. But what's amazing is how much impact some of these guys had. And yet they only, like like most of it's. so we think we live a long time, right? It's it's just not true. Like, like. I'm just going to digress a bit. Life has not been meaningfully extended uh, by anything really, but the way we live our life near the end is is obviously a lot improved. You know, these guys back then were living it well into their 80s, you know, 84, 88, like, you know, quite old. And um, and yeah. and it's amazing that, um, you know, like the lifespan, and we're still talking about them today, yeah. is incredible, right, because of their acts. But um, but it was the writing. And look, yeah. I write a Monday. I think about legacy, right? And and I do. So I've been writing a Monday motivator since 2004. Wow. Now, I never missed a Monday for over 10 years. And then I actually wow. parked it for a couple of years, right? So that's like six. I had like 600 or so um, mm-hmm. emails because like every Monday. And so... That's a lot of content. Now, why I started it, and maybe this is a tip for people, but why I started my Monday Motivator was to keep in contact with all my prospects and clients that I met with something that was interesting. It got me, it kick-started their week, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about email marketing. Right, you weren't selling. Yeah, it was just like, I. so it shows, well, it just shows like there's more to you and I think that too many people get caught up in their email marketing talking about themselves. Mm. And this is where the power of the BCC is so important yeah. because these are questions and topics that people are actually interested in. Yeah. And I think that if you do that, you will you, people will open your email. So, you know, my Monday motivator, you know, it was I also proved with that that I could send a weekly email. Because at the time, people say, oh, no, 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 that's too much, too much. Right. And look, and we still have those conversations today, right? Like people say, oh, no, I can't annoy my customers. And I'm like, but if you only send monthly, like that's not really enough. Like, like you, and then they're like, oh, I don't know what to send. And I'm like, okay. I, I don't know what to send. I don't know what to say. And the truth is, and this, I'm going to seize on your Monday motivator and 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 your power of the BCC for a second. It's like the difference in that content is 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 in the utility, is in the use and the value of the content. I think the guy who can't figure out what to say once a month or even once a week, he's probably not listening very well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's not. He's not listening. He's just. He or she is just doing the thing. Do you, do you remember Gary Vaynerchuk a very long time ago? 
said you need to listen where people are talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was talking about Twitter and Instagram and well, you know, then onto Instagram and stuff. But yeah. the fact is, is that if you own a business, people are talking to you every single day yeah. and you need to listen to them Yep. and you need to find out what, what those major topics are. Wants and needs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then talk about it. Like it, I think so many people, so many businesses talk about themselves, talk about how good they are, talk about, and it's like, no one's interested, dude. Like, no one cares. <laughs> like, it's all about what's in it for me. What is in it for me? Right. And right. like, if your newsletter is is very business focused about your business, yeah. um, then people very quickly switch off. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they might not unsubscribe sometimes because, um, I find a lot of people will actually stick in there because they use it as a um, as a memory tool for mm. um, uh, you know what company they want to use for that service again later. Right, right, right. So that for those people, you want to segment them out and just send to them once a month, say. But well, um, I mean, that's even back to your back to your accountants who have that that trusted advisor position, as you mentioned. I mean. And I'm, I'm thinking of my tax accounting guy, great guy. Like I've worked with him for years. I only hear from him <laughs> if if I ask him a question yeah. or if it's coming up on tax season and he sends out the standard, you know, here's all the stuff you need to get together. But like otherwise, crickets, quiet. Yeah. If he wasn't a great guy, I could easily switch to someone else. But he's also missing a huge opportunity to play a, like a more vital role in my business and, and, you know, raise the value of the relationship and stuff like that. I would think it'd be interesting for him as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I just, like that BCC. Pass yeah. It. It's just such like these, some of these service businesses, lawyers as well, lawyers and accountants, like, <laughs> like you know, AI is going to take the place of lawyers. Like it already is. Right. So I think um, if you look five years ahead, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Because because technology is going to take over, and so you need to make yourself more relevant. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, but one thing I wanted to touch on before hmm. was about um, dynamic content, right? And this is where, like, we we're talking about interests and, and what interests people, right? Mm-hmm. So when people sign up for things, they, you know, a lot of people ask what you're interested in. And so what you can do is, is with your marketing calendar, you can have the four topics or the four interests this, that you segmented your database into because mm-hmm. everyone segments their database, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. <Not. laughs> I love how you agree with me. And if you could see Matthew's face, it's just like, no. They don't. <laughs> and, and, but, but say, and MailChimp makes that really easy, right? Using tags and groups to segment it these days. And they can be hidden groups in the sign-up form. There's all sorts of things to, you know, depending on what landing page they come to, right. you know, you can have it, it tagged automatically. But a really simple way we were discussing in our pre-interview was about when you send out that email mm-hmm. and you've got these different interests, you can have the one that that person is most interested in at the top of the email. Right, right. It's such a simple thing to do with dynamic content 
things like MailChimp make it easy to do that as well. Yeah. You've just got to have it tagged, build the email, which which I know is a bit harder than than just normal emails, right? Like you might need someone to help you with that. Yeah. But the thing is, is like once you do that, you know, and that person's interest at the top, and the great thing is you can automate it, automate this so that when their interests change, like their tag changes, yeah. you know, they automatically get the other interest at the top. Hmm. People just aren't taking advantage. People, businesses aren't taking advantage of just a, a simple uh, process that could really like up your up your communication game. You know. Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to throw something back at you on that, and it's just just occurring to me as you're describing that. Um, no argument about the value of doing that, and you're really saying, you know, make make your content align with your customers' known interests where you've got that. It has struck me, particularly over the last couple of years, in 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 starting to work with email platforms. Um, that they're not necessarily helping with that kind of piece of the solution. I have yet to see an email editor, for example, that says, build your content in sections and we'll take care of rearranging it to suit the tags if you've got them. And it's like, wouldn't it be easier for, for, let's say, MailChimp to engineer that so it becomes kind of an automatic preference or choice for customers, because you have to fight with your HTML or know what the heck you're doing, yeah, to do that simple rearrangement. Like, it, it, there's still some technical, technical challenges and and you know writing and content and copy challenges in doing something that's obviously valuable. Yes, and and I look, I, you know, I've used a hundred email editors. They're almost all monolithic. You know, our job is to help you make this one, this one template that you're going to send look good. And I've yet to see one that really does the job that you just said is useful. That's true. I Okay, so we just did a job just last year. There was eight sections. Uh-huh. And there's, there were several thousand people in the database okay. for a finance company. And we had to rearrange all of those. So we had to use dynamic content so that each of those uh, – so eight sections, I can't remember how many actual segments in the database there were, but the, but the, there was like 30 different ways that they could be put together. Yeah. But MailChimp, if we, I think if we hadn't have been using MailChimp, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. So I feel like There's MailChimp is, it, it was, they, and they're really concentrating. I feel like they've got a massive development team too, right? So, and they, like I was saying, like they, earlier like they listen to partners like myself saying this is what we this is what our customers are asking for um and so we were able to do that in MailChimp and the thing that was really fun was the testing I'm being sarcastic there basically we had to test every single variation of that email yeah yeah yeah. That was that was difficult. Perm, permut- okay. Yeah, permutation complexity. Oh, it was right. a, it was amazing, right? <laughs> we, we got it done. That we got it done. But it was, but it, that was probably the most that that was the most complicated uh, dynamic content thing we've done for a long time inside Mailchimp, like that that or a- anywhere. That was, but it, but we got it sorted, and yeah. but it all came down to the data. 
and that data was yeah. so clean, right? Like, oh, was it like, really? Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. We spent ages with them, making sure that everyone was tagged correctly. Every and so, when we um, sent out those emails, you know, everyone got the right stuff because wow. it was instructions on how to move. Uh, they were rebranding a finance tool, and you had to like move from one to the other, and it was like quite a process. And so, yeah, these instructions were based on what level of um, retailer you were, you know, it was, but yeah, we used MailChimp for that and it did work. So I was surprised, but at the time, but then I was like, wow, this is what, so this is what gave me trust that MailChimp is uh, is one listening to its customers because I know they go out and talk to actual MailChimp customers. Yeah, you said the CEO uh, still does that, right? He does. He does. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he probably does it virtually now. Um, <laughs> and then he probably, which isn't as good as like, I know, uh, have, he, a, you yeah. know have a cup of coffee with a customer is even better. Or, or a wine. I, I yeah. think like, they sometimes prefer <laughs> a wine. Uh, Cause then you get the real answer, right? Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You know? And so, um, and, and this is where, uh, you know, people need to, CEOs especially need to get down and listen to their customers because they're not often doing it, right? They're kind of like, getting this information filtered up to them um, so they can make these high level things based on where they want to go. But, but in actual fact, getting out and actually talking to a customer, I know that Ben will go, you know, uh, Ben um, Chestnut, who is one of the owners of MailChimp has gone and talked to people who have free MailChimp accounts. Nice. Smart. You know, I think that's amazing. Like that's really, so, so anyway, so yeah, I think, that so far, we've done some interesting stuff in Clavio and that, but really for us, like MailChimp was the one where we were able to do some really hard, hard dynamic content stuff that, um, and it was, yes, I mean, they had to use us, right? They, they wouldn't have been able to do yeah. this internally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that was able to do it. But, but, so, but the platform, the platform could do what you envisioned. It, it, it did it. And, and by the way, I don't think it could have done it a, a couple of years ago. Like this was a new thing. In fact, if you look in MailChimp, they've got um, just new things coming up all the time. Like yeah. they, they test it through the beta accounts. They've got a, a an updated preference center. You can do a lot more there. Um, there's some really cool stuff happening in there. And, and it's like, I, I kind of have hoisted my 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 flag with them because yeah. they just support partners the best, like I was saying, and they listen. But um, you know, I think uh, companies like you know, like like Campaign Genius, you know, with, with your company, like being able to even add to that is I and I know you and I talk about this a lot. It, it well, I have done. It's trying to like for me. It's trying to find a client who really wants to like go above and beyond. They just, it's actually yeah. quite hard. Like yeah. it, 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 it is hard. I mean, and I, certainly not, I want to talk uh, about, you know, Spike and your experience in the marketplace, but, but in, but in terms of uh, real-time content campaign genius and the, the quest to push email a bit in terms of, in terms of what's possible, in terms of the technical boundaries, in terms of the data-driven boundaries, if you will. Yeah. Um, one, we've seen repeatedly that companies don't really have the data house in order. So I w- that's that was the reason for my surprise that when you said the finance company really had that 
sorted out. Oh, Frequently, it, was, it takes help. That's month of work, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work, right? And and we're you know we're all guilty of it. None of us has our our CRM or our email database or anything just perfectly squared away. And that's <clears throat> frequently you, you've got to have that before you start doing other and fancier stuff. The second yeah. one, though, I I find email practitioners, uh, th- frankly, they seem so overworked trying to do to do the stuff well that's been technically possible for a decade or more. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, newer, even more cutting edge tools and techniques. It's like, oh, I can barely get to that. I mean, you've got one one good dynamic content story here, but I'm betting you don't you don't end up getting to do that all the time. Because no. just standard blocking and tackling email is hard enough. Well it is. And and like I was um I, I've talked about this uh, recently with you, but I was having a conversation with my dad last week. Uh, and I said to him, um, oh, I'm still, I, I kind of was having a bit of a complaint. Actually. <laughs> and uh, and I said, um, I, dad, I'm still having the same conversations I had 20 years ago. And he's like, how is that possible? And, uh, and like a uh, bit of context, my, my dad um, in sales for a long time, and um, he, yeah, to him that was like, what? Like, how how are you having these same conversations? And and it's because people still haven't grasped email marketing. And in fact, if we looked at the world and about how many and how many businesses uh, have websites, even yeah, like that is not a high percentage, right? I remember um, uh, some stats came out in New Zealand, 37% of New Zealand businesses had websites. Now, that's several years ago, and so it's maybe moved up a bit higher. But that, but then if you think about that, <laughs> you know, and it's like, why do I need to be online? And, and um, why they need to be online sometimes is the future of their business, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thinking, I did, I did a lot of work um, – a little while ago, I really concentrated on people who had no database. Um, they had very successful businesses, right? Very successful businesses. Um, and they were looking at selling their business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because that because as these baby boomers come through, right, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's what they're looking at, succession plans and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what I find with those businesses is that they're very heavily weighed on uh, relationships yeah. and the data is actually in someone else's outlook or you know like it, it's not in head. yeah in someone's head right and so you know that means that your business is worthless because mm. because I always say that um, that the the value of your business is in your customer database but more so the consistent communication with that database. Hmm, like if good. you had two e-commerce businesses, right? And one has been sending out three emails a week and they're both turning over half a million dollars, right? Turning over the same amount of money, right. but one's three times a week and it's built up this large database and, and they kind of, you can see they're doing well. Their open rates are getting better. Like yeah. the yeah. other one has kind of been doing half a million for the last few years, right? They haven't really moved or grown. They send an email a month or, you know, like they're not really a month at best. They're just relying on on people remembering them sure. and coming back. I'd be buying the one that is consistently because yeah. 
communicating because I can see that their value is going to go up because they're actively working on growing their database. Yeah. This, the other one is just a stagnant business that is just going to go down. And that's where all of a lot of businesses globally, yeah. if we think about baby boomers, because <laughs> they're global, you know, they are just being um, closed up. Like we're losing a lot of IP. Yeah, yeah, um, we, we are, we are, and and we particularly got a shove in the last year, like with pandemic. Yeah. We got a shove yeah. online. Yeah, and I suspect there's a, a substantial chunk of 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 people who might have hung on. Maybe they were going to adapt a little bit more. Maybe not. But now it's just like, oh, I think the bus left. Yeah, maybe I'll just retire or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people retired last year. Yeah. Like they definitely did. Yeah. You know. Um, anyway, so and that's why, and and so those businesses were worthless. They were so hard to to pass on because they, yeah, they had no customer database. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I find that really and like it's it's annoying in some respects because <laughs> like these were very valuable businesses. You yeah. know, providing really good service. And you go and look for them. Oh no, you know Terry. Terry's retired. Right. Oh, okay. Who's taking it over? Oh, no one. No one. Because they couldn't, right? Yeah. 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 Because if you don't, nothing to sell. Yeah. It's a it's a funny phenomenon. And and if you're getting if you're a business getting acquired these days, I was having this conversation with someone else. For for sure, one of the tangible, measurable things that's going to determine your business value is that 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 list that attention and relationship um asset it is absolutely that, that you can point to and say it's you know it's this big it's this often and if you don't have that if it's on someone's head yeah it's a little it's a little harder to meet the, the it measure. is yeah and, and do you know what a lot of the time it comes down to it was just too hard like they just you know they've been burned a lot of times by sc oh man, i almost said it then but uh Let's just say there's some other um, uh, digital uh, channels where the practices of the uh, people in those channels have been less than uh, um, just less than like I <laughs> yeah dodgy you could almost say and uh, and a, and, a, and a very clear sign for me is when you when you don't have access to an account. Because if I don't have access to an account, yeah, that means that something's going on, and uh, and a lot of these businesses have been burned, and they just don't get it either. It's uh, so so anyway. I know we've we've digressed a bit, but so email marketing and, and and database marketing and permission marketing that that phrase coined by Seth Godin, mm-hmm. you know, um, is is very much a it's it's a very relevant conversation yeah. in 2021, you yeah. know, and um, we've got to keep talking about it, which is why I, you know, I love our normal conversation, our conversations that aren't recorded, um, because <laughs> because you know I find Nothing. that yeah I find that email marketers are the only people general are the only people talking about this stuff, you know, like my friend um, James, he um, you know he's a, a digital strategist. And so, but he's all about the, he's all about managing that traffic, you know, and growing the traffic coming to the website. He really focuses on that and he relies on me 
to to uh, communicate with that, communicate and convert that traffic, convert right? That like beyond the first sale, you know, like welcoming people on board. Like what you can do, the conversations that you can create, and I know that sounds uh, big, but at the end of the day, it is a conversation because uh-huh. someone came to your website, they went, this looks interesting to me, or, hey, that's a good deal if I sign up and I get something off. Yeah. And then they sign up and then and then crickets, or which yeah. happens so much, yeah. or yeah. people get the normal like MailChimp or Clavio sign up confirmation email. Turnkey. No yeah. branding in it. No, nothing. No, nothing. Like, no, nothing. No, there's nothing. just no care. There's just no care. And so, you know, and then you start this like, hey, welcome to the revolution. You know, we've got a, a client coming on board who are revolutionizing um, uh, cleaning products. It's going to be very cool. Um, but it's like, welcome, join the revolution, welcome to the revolution. And like too many people also don't like, they're not congruent with their messaging. Yeah. Like, it, there's, do you know what though? It's just communication, right? And there's an and email to me, like I said, is the best channel for it's it. Communication. Well, let me, let me, let me move us back like two minutes and to, to come back to this with, with even more frame around it. Um <laughs> This is not a, this is not a political podcast, so I'm just going to make this an abstract example. When the the immediately past U.S. president shot his mouth off enough to get his get his Twitter account suspended, from a permission and database marketing perspective, there was a multi billion dollar asset, poof, gone, gone. gone. Meaning, among other things, he never owned it. It wasn't his asset. Such oops. a good point. Such oops. a good point. Like, free, oops. And 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 now I, I read an article the other day that said, "Oh, trying to do some, you know, trying to do it via email, not the same effect." Like, if it's an email list, at least it would be his list. And I hate to say it, but you know, your Facebook page with a zillion followers, your Twitter account with a bunch of people, like, you don't own that. You you don't own that you're paying for permission to keep doing it but for sometimes very arbitrary reasons or even invisible reasons someone else can go boop sorry gone yeah and i've, I've yeah. heard of businesses that have lost you know like we don't know why but suddenly we don't have access to x and like because it wasn't actually yours in the first place and what one of the things that makes me and I, I it struck me why why do you like email well a bunch of reasons but one of them is <laughs> You stay in control. Yeah, absolutely. It's yours. It's a big deal. Even if it's sitting in Mailchimp, it's still your database. It's still your like database. Mailchimp, yeah, Mailchimp yeah. don't have um, ownership of your customers. Yeah, it's not. They'll that. T- they'll tell you how to make money out of your customers sure. and maximize and give you the tools. Yeah, but it's yours. You can export that out whenever you like and move it to somewhere else, right? And I think that is such a good point. Because apparently, like, you know, email marketing, like uh, with um, Obama, they, they had a big email list as well. I actually, I probably like you, I actually go and have a look at what people are sending. Yeah. And uh, Trump raised more money, uh, and, and I will mention him because it was in this thing, Trump and then Biden. Uh, Trump was raising more money because he did actually have like a decent size email list, yeah. right? That I'd built up fundraising email was, list, yes, yeah, that was from before. 
Yeah. Um, and they hadn't been using it for a while. And then like there was all this delivery stuff going on. And then, but, but he, yeah, he was using it to raise money. But man, he was burning these. Pounding people, right? that list to death, right? It's like oh. six, eight times a day. Yeah. And it's because it wasn't big enough. Yeah. That, that is the, like, if he had like, if someone had been there focusing on that even more, like um, every, every tweet, you know, sign yeah. up to my list. Yeah. Sign up. There you go. Good example. You know, like he could have been actually growing that exponentially. And oh, yeah. um, Dan didn't. And he didn't. And it's like, you know, marketing, marketing is is taking advantage of every contact point with your business to get someone to tell them the mess, share the message, and then get them to sign up to your list. Like if you're not doing that, like every touch point is a marketing opportunity. Every single one from the person answering the phone to the website to yeah, whatever else you've got going on to yeah. each sale, you know, each page. Yeah, yeah. People, I, so the thing is like there used to be the classic email marketer's answer. Uh, it depends. <laughs> and and the fact is, is that it does. It but does. Um, every single email marketer I know, um, you know, like yourself, like you mentioned Della, you know, like like uh, Emily Ryan, Doug Dennison, these other friends of mine, like like um, you know, so passionate about email marketing, and yeah. so yeah. but passionate about the the communication that you can have with your customers, yeah. and and I I just find it like it's a, like this you know this podcast is called the future of email marketing. The future of email marketing is super bright because. You know, those rules are being changed all the time. I'll give you a good example. I don't use my Facebook ad account. I don't know when I did, but for some reason it was, I was locked out. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, how am I locked out? Like, I haven't used it. And then um, our other accounts are like, I'm like, so I asked for a review and I don't actually care because I, I haven't used it for yeah, ads it, for, yeah. for years. Or I, I can't even, I don't use it. So I found that very odd. But the fact that, Facebook can just change the rules. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then Google can just change its algorithm. I don't know if you remember when Panda came out. Google's holy people lost potentially. Yeah, but they didn't actually lose it because they hadn't made it yet. Yeah. But potentially millions, tens and tens of millions of dollars. Oh yeah, there were yeah there were there were businesses that just got hamstrung. Actually, a a, a friend of mine ran a distinct little business who their service was helping nonprofits be effective on Facebook. Um, right. And they were like the best at it. And they got to the point where I believe they helped the Chan Zuckerberg initiative, which is a nonprofit launch their thing. But wow. after the Cambridge Analytica scandal, yep. Facebook went timeout. Everybody who's got, you know, the deep data access to do extra special sauce stuff. Nope. You don't anymore. And, and my friend's company was just like, poof, like wow, they got they got folded because they built their house on somebody else's foundation, so to speak. I'll give you a different example of the same thing, and this may be only relevant to the uh, like highly technical um, listener or viewer. But if you are developing systems and software, and you you think that Facebook APIs, Twitter APIs, something like that look like a look like a viable way to expand what you do 
my honest caveat is be very, very, very judicious about that because the overhead, the bureaucratic overhead, the time overhead, the developer overhead of using those is actually quite high. Like we got to the point where we decided that we would not do anything involving Facebook integration. This isn't an anti-Facebook point. There was like, there was so much bureaucracy repeated over and over in the job of getting and keeping permission to use those things that it, it, it wasn't worth the paperwork. Like literally yeah. it wasn't worth the paperwork. It's like, I get it. I still get rogue emails going, oh, well, such and such that uses this API is no longer, you know, we're not going to let you unless you reapply. I'm like, yeah, well, we don't use it and I don't really care about your application anymore. But here's yeah. the point in contrast with email. Email built on published open standards. You know, like it, you know, we, did, we did work to do things like um, live split testing of content in email. One of the reasons that we could make the decision to do that huge dev work was because nobody, there's no one company arbitrarily controlling that. It's like standards that a whole bunch of companies work with that we're all going to agree to keep supporting. So yep. giddy up, I could take the risk without, without you know, the arbitrary someone else yanking the rug out from under me. Yeah, that's true. I, I just, and and this is why I love these conversations because I just remember why I like email so much, yeah. you know, yeah. like, cause sometimes it's been a hard year and yeah. it's been like, Oh, why am I doing this? Oh, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. This is why and I'm doing then, it. You know, my other mantra, you know, consistency, trust, loyalty, bars and barbecues. So <laughs> you are consistent with your email marketing. You actually do what you said you were going to do when they signed up, which you need a marketing plan for mm-hmm. and the power of the BCC. And then um, that builds trust because not many people actually do what they said they were going to do. Right. And then uh, that builds loyalty because you're providing good information, relevant, you know, you're doing what you said. And then bars and barbecues, that's when you're either your service or your product is either creating the stories for people to talk about at bars and barbecues and use the best referral method known to man called word of mouth Um, and and email marketing and and even social can superpower that, but it's just not the same as someone actually telling you. Um, And human human beings, by the way, are wired for that. We love being able to help our fellow man. And if we've got someone that we can go, you should talk to them. Yes, yes. We'll do it, right? And, And that's where we need to either create stories or share stories that people can talk about and like email is is just such a good medium for that. Like, you know, I, I know we could probably have a, a couple of podcasts on this, but this is where things like MailChimp making customer journeys easy. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all these different little dynamic content that you can do, like, you know, based on interests or based on the products that you bought and like, like recommendation engines are never perfect, right? And this is why, if you don't know, that if you're buying something not for you on Amazon, make sure you mark it as a gift because otherwise they'll <laughs> start sending you recommendations. Oh, you just you just clarified you just clarified something that keeps showing up in web browsers. Thank you. <laughs> but, but do you know what? Like, so if the best company at recommendations in the yeah. world, yeah relies on you to do that to send you recommendations yeah uh i i do think their book recommendations are very good though 
but um, but apart from that, you put the wrong thing in. Uh, yeah, until you buy your next thing that's relevant to you. So you know, Mark is a gift. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah, human beings, and this is the other reason. You know, we get to communicate via uh, email, via this one-to-one channel. It's a great opportunity. We need to treat people's email addresses like gold because they are, um, to me, they are like the driver's license of the future, basically, right? Because they follow you around. People don't change their personal email addresses as often as people think. They change their work addresses, but not their personal addresses. Interesting. Interesting. You know, this is why the future of email marketing uh, and I'll, is so bright because those email addresses are following people. And if we treat them with the respect uh, that they deserve, we're, we're going to build really, really good channels, really loyal customer databases and uh, and and like stay in business for longer. And, and actual relationships. Well, it, 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 it occurs to me that the social media uh, bubble and the wild, wild west of, of data and privacy, like I, that's, that's coming to an end, right? Yeah. If le- legislation is always a signal that, that finally something's getting to be top of mind, right? Because legislatures don't move that fast. But there's not a nation that's not going, hang on a second, privacy, data, control. Like we're all thinking about that. Yeah. So. I, you know, the the social media platforms that sort of flourished from everybody ignoring <laughs> control over their own data yep. are going to have a much bigger struggle. Uh, email, as old fashioned as it is, has stayed in the I'll hear from you if I say you can talk to me and I'll cut it off if you don't. Like the email yep. recipient has stayed in control, leaving idiots that spam aside. Like you've stayed in control of that one to one, as you said relationship the whole time. And and now that we're starting to realize that from a business asset perspective, um, control of your control, someone else controlling your list is not good. See earlier conversation about Trump. And from a consumer perspective, we're all getting noised to death on social media. And, yeah. and, and I think we're realizing that we need to take a little more responsibility for our own intake as well. I do suspect email's got a real growth path ahead of it. Well, yeah, that kind of harks back to my stoicism. That's taking care of my inside mind, right? Uh, But look, you just, I think one of the biggest challenges facing email marketing is going to be privacy. Um, And the reason that is because, and this might just seem totally off the wall to the listeners here, um, is that young people keep things more private than what we think. And, and and they are moving away from platforms uh, that that don't take their privacy seriously. And it's a it's it's an interesting move, right? Because we don't think about young people as being that private. They share everything. So like no, they actually don't. Like they're sharing things amongst their friends, but amongst their friends. Yeah. You know, they're not wanting they're not on Facebook. Like you know they're not on. They might be on Instagram, but it's a it's a private account, yeah. and uh, you know what I mean. So things and when things get out of those of those accounts, say like that is that is such a, a like a breach of trust breach, yeah, for those yeah, friends, yeah, like yeah. huge breach of trust, right? And so 
for me, like I think getting the data that we need to send more personal email could potentially get harder. So that's why we need to be thinking about the best way to engage and like and get the responses we want because like, uh, you know, cookies being taken down, all these things that are yeah. happening. Yeah. Privacy is going to get harder. And it, it amazes me like, yeah, we used to think that young people posted all this stuff. No, no, Generation Z kind of, well, whatever it was, did that. Millennials don't, you know? Yeah, and 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 taking their be taking the behavior of the 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 first couple waves of digital natives, and and assuming that that behavior would continue as they as they aged, was, yep. looks a little bit silly in the rearview mirror. I mean, I, I've oh, got yeah. I've got sons in their twenties, and I think they'd I'd safe to say they'd be like, I don't have time to post all that. All that crap. I've got you know jobs and responsibility and life and other interests and and you know I just don't need the noise. Like it's the indulgence of adolescence to go live in public. And at a certain point, you just don't want to bother anymore as you grow up. I have to say, like I am so glad we didn't have social media when I was young. (laughs) Interesting. I agree. I I just think I just think we got away with and got to do some things that uh, best not people. photographed, among other things. <laughs> <laughs> Although I I have some photographs of some things where I'm just like, was I doing that? Like like what were you thinking? But it, <laughs> but, and I've kept them as reminders. Oh wow! But, uh, I think like, but it's a photograph. Like it's yeah. not on some yeah. website somewhere that's it's instantly in your shared. You know, and so yeah, it, it, like I think about my my nine year old daughter wants a YouTube channel and she creates her own YouTube videos in iMovie thanks yeah. to mainly thanks to COVID actually like 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 lockdown she yeah. got very creative I showed her how nice. to use iMovie for nice. a little bit yeah and like she was eight you she know now she's with it, right she ran with it her and her girlfriends were doing were making movies with Zoom at Sweet. eight years old and I'm wow. like Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like doing, like I just showed her like a template and she just ran with it. And I was like, wow. wow. So creativity wise, like what are they going to be doing as yeah. well? Because yeah. holy mackerel, that's just like, that's, you know, that's next level digital native, you know? Like, it is, but here's a prediction, right? I I wouldn't be surprised to see, back into it snapchat's big innovation was amnesia right they're like oh right there's huge value on i'll post it but it's gonna it's gonna evaporate and disappear you know someone may come up with this novel idea called privacy (laughs) where you say where they'd say if your daughter wants to exchange stuff with her friends within their group we enable that. We don't, you know, we don't look at it. We can't look at it. We don't control it. They own it, all that other stuff. And like ironclad guarantee. Oh, you mean Gmail, right? You're talking about Gmail. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I mean, if, if there's, you know, entrepreneurs out there want to invent the next thing, like get old fashioned. How about civil media? I'm en- enough with social. Give me civil again. <laughs> oh, it, it is interesting. Like my, my wife and her girlfriends do chat, like Gmail chat a lot, like just live in their email. And it's like, this isn't uh, like huh. not WhatsApp. They, they do have one WhatsApp group. Um, yeah. 
but messenger you know and i've seen like facebook spun out messenger i think that's a future proof of the business actually spinning that out yeah um just for the time when they do actually get split up but it, but messenger and like creating those groups at the end of the day all they are is email groups and if you think about that group that you and i belong to called only influencers right right like those old list um email list tools like they are so good like subscriptions making a comeback now right like so many people yes, yes. making money out of <laughs> things but the guys who know the guys who like frank kern uh all these like these mm-hmm. internet marketers and that they they just know that it's all about the list it's all about the list yeah. and they've never stopped uh um you know oh what's that other guy launch um yeah you know, doug he lives in he lives in durango actually this is in my hometown um yeah yeah the launch the launch guy <laughs> we're done yeah about- yeah he he uh uh oh man he's so good um but like those guys like it's all about the list and you know if people actually like stopped getting um taken in by the by the gl- by the glitz of this and oh but it's i can just post on facebook like no one's seeing your stuff on facebook like 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 literally no one is seeing your stuff on facebook maybe 1 or 3% yeah to 3% of the people yeah. who like your page will see that post right yeah. however in saying that um when we post on facebook at the same time as we send an email that definitely lifts engagement. Like we've tested that. I'm going to earmark this episode for um, small, medium businesses that are think you know thinking about email. One, yes, of course. Two, it's absolutely critical to do your business value. Three, it at least in the U.S., Mailchimp has such an such a great strong brand with small businesses that I think the I think bigger ones don't necessarily realize what range of needs MailChimp can meet. Yeah, I agree. And, and I agree. you know, especially, you know, learning from you in the past, you know, in the past year about just how capable the platform is and how fast it's expanding that capability. Like, okay, if you've got a medium-sized business out there, do not rule out MailChimp and say it's, you know, it's just for uh, small bananas, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's people in there with like, you know, millions of wow customers, right? So, and, and and hey, they'll do they'll they'll help you with the pricing too. So um, once you get to a certain thing, like you're you've actually got your own Mailchimp team basically working with you, right? So on delivery, nice. Nice. you know, we've had like delivery experts working with us um, for our bigger clients. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that you can do within that platform. But yeah. look, this as usual, like I don't, I don't know if someone is going to want to listen to maybe <laughs> double speed, <laughs> and then at double speed, um, they might not understand me. But but it's funny that you know we're we're looking to um, you know reach out reach more into the U.S. market and it's you know because I think that our time zones and everything like actually when people understand it they're like oh okay that actually that actually does work Great, for us yeah. you know because um, you know we can we can organize a lot of stuff and it doesn't really matter what coast you're on either because it seems we can always work at different times of the day but. Um, you know, the the one thing for me is that New Zealand is a is a small market, uh-huh. um, so I need to be talking to a, a you know an email market is like I've proven to myself we can work with anyone anywhere, and so 
you know, and the fact that you're in Seattle and I'm in in the uh, in the uh, backwoods. Apparently, apparently, I live in rural uh, Auckland. I don't. I don't. I'm in rural Washington, so that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though even though we're like five minutes or t- uh, yeah, we're not far away, right? So from a from a town, but only the couriers call it rural. By the way, <laughs> so then they can charge you more to bring it to you. Ah, you pay okay. You pay the same freight I do. It's like service service calls have the whatever it is automatic. Yeah, I need someone to fix X. Okay, that starts at a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's literally like a mile and a half, and I'm going to say mile and a half down the road is where the uh, oh sorry, two miles down the road is where the border is basically. And wow. it's like, come on, right. Yeah, well, you get the pleasure of looking out the garage window at least. Hey, I want to close with a speed round. Three questions. You ready? Go. Dogs, cats, both or neither? Dogs, cat, dogs. What? Dogs? Your dog's cat. Okay, awesome. Uh, Name a favorite place. Oh, name a favorite place. Home. Home. Nice. I like that. (laughs) Favorite book or author? Oh, that is a toss-up, but I'm, if it's one, I'm going to say The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. And after my own heart, yeah, which yeah. Uh, kind of revolutionized the tourism industry in your already beautiful <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. I, uh, but I'd just say, like, uh, as a little aside to that, like, you know, I don't say that my, my, the other books I read are my favorites, but I have to say I am really enjoying Lives of the Stoics by um, – Who's that by? by Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hannesley, mostly because on when they introduce a Which new by Ryan writer, Holiday, yeah, 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 uh, and what cause he wrote Daily Stoic, so that's but um, as well as Ego is the Enemy and all that stuff. But the cool thing about it is that it actually tells you. I did a little bit of Latin in school, right, like a couple of years, but it tells you how to pronounce their names correctly, <laughs> and I love that. You know, I love that. I think if uh, even Tolkien kind of gave you an idea, but it was like, I think like um, the the fact the fact that like Diogenes is like I know how to pronounce that because it looks it looks like Diogenes Diogenes or something, right? Like it doesn't look like Diogenes. And so um, yeah, that's that's my that's one of my favorite books at the moment. Nice. Do you know what? Do you know what? Why I see The Hobbit though is because, and I know it's a speed round, but that book had such an impact on me. It was a big, thick book. I read it when I was very, very young. And I recently wrote, I, well, I'm writing a book list of all the books that I either read several times or have had an impact on me and I've written why. And um, that one, basically number one, that and then It by Stephen King. But um me and all my classmates at uh, when we were like eleven, like that was just. Why did we read that book? <laughs> yeah. Terrifying, terrifying. Yes. Well, yeah. Stephen King's he's, he's actually remarkable. You look at the you look at the sheer number of things that he's written, and the man's discipline as a writer. Like he still sits down and pounds it out every day. It's like, dang, yeah. impressive. So, hey, I'll tell you, I've really enjoyed this, Matthew. And I, and I know that you and most email marketers enjoy talking about email marketing. And, and I, but you and I, we digress. So uh, I am actually going to start a podcast, or I am too, which I'll, um, we'll, once it's actually up and running, we'll get you onto that because um, 
especially talking about the future of email marketing, but dynamic content, you know, like what the things that we can put into emails that people aren't thinking about, yep. um, you know, and, and, and hopefully ha- stop have maybe having some new conversations with our customers instead of the same ones. There you go. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. My guest has been Glenn Edley, CEO of Spike. And if you're thinking about email marketing and want some help, go to spike.co.nz and connect with uh, connect with Glenn and his team there. Glenn, thanks so much. It was it was a I knew it would be fun, but it was huge fun. It was awesome. I, Have I a great that. day, yeah. bud. See you later. Bye. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the future of email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash future of email. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it. And of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show, and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail, or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.